This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Don't get sacked by the high cost of health care. Make Farm Bureau Health Plans your first line of protection. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. I'm Mike Keith with Amy Wells. Amy, good to be with you again here in the month of February. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Can't believe it's already February. I know. Time is just flying by, Mike. We have a special edition of the OTP, which is something that we did on Thursday, which was February the 4th. You and I had the privilege of helping the United Way of Greater Nashville do something really cool. I'll let you pick up the story. Absolutely. We were able to do a Q&A with none other than Kevin Byard. Such a cool opportunity to get to talk to Kevin Byard, bring him to the fans. You can't find a better community guy than KB. And this was a reward to people who have helped out the United Way of Greater Nashville. Something special for them, something inside for them. For a guy who has been, you know, one of the best community guys that the Titans have had in recent years in Kevin Byard. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no better person to talk to, especially if you want to talk about community involvement than Kevin Byard. He's everywhere. He does so many things. He and his wife, Clark, have started their own foundation and are doing a lot through that. His partnership with the United Way has been wildly successful. So it was cool to have the opportunity to chat with him a little bit. And the United Way of Greater Nashville was kind enough to let us share that chat with you. So here is the special stakeholder event, the United Way of Greater Nashville, myself and Amy Wells with Kevin Buck. So great to be with you. Uh, and Amy, who's finishing her eighth year with the Titans, uh, here with me. And we have known Kevin Byard for over five years now, Amy. You remember when we met him at the Senior Bowl in 2016? Oh my gosh, we met him in a rainstorm at the Senior Bowl. This wasn't a regular meeting. We were blowing all over the place. It was the worst weather, and KB still did an interview with me outside in a storm. And then a couple months later, he's a Titan. So what a fun journey we've been able to watch. Absolutely. I know you remember all of that well and remember that experience, but as I watch you in those photos, and I think about you leading the charge for the United Way this year, I just think about your upbringing and how you know personally what these sorts of outreach programs and this sort of assistance means, which is why I'm sure the United Way and doing this was not difficult because these things are near and dear to your heart. Absolutely. I mean, United Way has done a great job over the years, uh, reaching out to the community, helping out as many ways as possible. And that's what I'm all about. Uh, obviously, I come from humble beginnings. Uh, I understand the importance of being able to reach back when you get to a certain level or a certain platform that you have in life. Uh, it's always good to reach back and try to bring people along. Uh, you have no clue, you know, what that can do to somebody's day, year, month. Uh, obviously, 2020 was a tough year. So I thought that, you know, it was my right and my duty uh, as a person, not just an NFL football player, just as a person uh, to be able to reach back and help out as many ways as I possibly could. All right. So we're going to take questions from all of the people who are with us today via the chat. Amy, any explanation that you want to give about how we're going to do the questions? 
Well, I mean, there's not a whole lot of explanation to give other than type all the questions you have into the chat. I'll be watching it and I'll be sure to ask them of KB. Um, we already have some questions rolling in, so I'm excited to get started. Let's do it. I got a couple to open though. First of all, you've got two children in your house, two. Yeah. How are you and Clark surviving that right now sleep wise? <laughs> that may be the most important question. Honestly, um, we're really not getting too much sleep at all, honestly. Uh, I think ever, obviously when the off season hit, you're thinking like, okay, it's time to kick back, relax, you know, get some sleep, get my body some rest. But I mean, I haven't got a full night's sleep the entire off season yet. Obviously my son, we're trying to sleep train him now as we speak. But uh, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, I love my kids. I have a bunch of fun with them every day. Uh, obviously we're being still cooped up in the house to a certain extent. so. Uh, spend as much time as I can around them because I wasn't able to do it a lot throughout the season. So it's been fun, uh, but sleep is, is something that's really not in my vocabulary right now. All right, so it's been four weeks. I'm going to ask one more, and then I'm going to let Amy take it. It's been four weeks. You've had a chance to catch your breath and reflect on the 2020 season. What jumps out to you about the Titans' year in 2020? Uh, I think the biggest thing that jumps out to me is that we won the AFC South. I, we, I haven't been able to win the FC South since I've been here. I know the Titans haven't done it in a really long time. Obviously, once the season's first over with, uh, the first thing the first thing that's in the forefront of your mind is the last loss that you took, obviously, in the playoffs against the Ravens. So very disappointing we wasn't able to finish the season the way we wanted to, the goals that we set, uh, which is obviously get to this game that we're going to have on Sunday and try to go out there and win it, but we didn't. But when I sit back and reflect on the season, uh, we did, had, did a lot of great things. You know, Derrick Henry, I, I was able to watch him you know, break history and witness history. So it was a beautiful thing. Um, but that, you know, the way the season ended for me and for the team gives us a lot of hope and motivation going into next season uh, to go out there and try to work as hard as we can uh, to get to that same place again. But obviously continue to advance, continue to advance and try to go have a chance to win a Super Bowl. All right, I'm going to start in on these questions in the chat. Again, if you have a question for Kevin Byer, just type it in there. We'll ask him. It's okay. So the first <laughs> question, because we're talking about the 2020 season, let's look ahead to 2021 a little bit. There's some new defensive leadership. Shane Bowen is officially the defensive coordinator. What adjustments or changes do you think that we will see, especially to the defense in the coming year? Yeah, I mean, I think first, you know, this early in the offseason, you're probably talking about, you know, Personnel, obviously, uh, we're going to have, we got some free agents, obviously. Uh, we're going to have some guys come in. We're going to have some guys return. I'm excited to see that, uh, to see, you know, what we do as a defense and start shaping out, you know, our roster and things like that. Um, I mean, but I, I see a lot of change for us just mentality-wise. Obviously, we didn't have the success that we wanted to have this year defensively. And I think coming into, you know, this season, we had to have a chip on our shoulder uh, to understand that we have to be better, just hold ourselves accountable to all the mistakes that we did you know, and just learn from them and just try to go out there and put our best foot forward. Uh, we obviously have a great offense, and I think we need to be able to complement those guys if we want to be able to, you know, take this thing to the next level. Now, in the 2020 season, there were a lot of challenges for all teams in the NFL, but especially the Tennessee Titans. Other than COVID, because we know that was a worldwide challenge, what was right. a big obstacle that you overcame? Uh, overcame? Um, I mean, I would say, obviously, other than COVID, one of the challenges that I feel like I had this year, uh, just on a personal level, was just not really being able to be around the guys as much as I wanted to. Um, obviously, at the beginning of the year, we had some a little small restrictions as far as can only be a certain amount of guys being out. Uh, but as the season went on, obviously, we couldn't really be around each other anymore. It was pretty much go to work, go home, go to work, go home. 
And I think when you're talking about NFL football, when you're talking about football, that's the biggest thing, the camaraderie, of being able to go out and go have dinner with the guys. Uh, that's something that it wasn't, didn't necessarily bother me, but something that I definitely miss. And I'm hoping that, you know, obviously we can get past this COVID that we can get back to doing that. Because that's one of the things that I'm going to remember when I'm done playing balls, like going out to dinner with, you know, Dory Jackson, Kenny Vaccaro and those guys. Um, but that was something that, you know, we obviously overcame because we was able to, you know, stick together and obviously, you know, fight through all the adversity. And like you said, uh, won the AFC South and got to a playoff game. So in the 2020 season, not a lot of fans in the stands. What was your biggest motivation when there weren't fans there to cheer you on? Uh, it was just personal. Obviously, we, we go into every single week uh, with, with the key of the week, with the, with the message of the week, understanding that, you know, we're we're going to have to bring our own juice. I mean, I was actually, uh, I think we were blessed the Titans that we actually had fans at the stadiums because we would go to other stadiums like the Baltimore Ravens and they was, you know, crickets in, in the stadium. Uh, it was definitely a different experience for sure. I mean, we opened up the season on Monday night uh, in Denver, like nighttime, and it was weird. I'm not even going to lie, just looking in the stands, all the like, bright lights and just no fans in there. But it's something that obviously every team faced throughout the year, and uh, I think we handled it pretty well. Kevin, let me ask you a question about statistics and what they mean. You led the team in tackles this year with 111. Good thing, bad thing, doesn't matter that a safety led the team in tackles. I mean, I would, I mean, I think usually when a safety usually leads a team in tackles, it kind of correlates to say that we weren't that good. Uh, and statistically, we really weren't. Uh, honestly, I wouldn't like to lead a team in tackles. I would like to lead the team in interceptions, but it didn't happen this year. I usually do, but it didn't happen. Uh, but obviously, we still had a lot of team interceptions. I think we was like top five in the league when it came to interceptions. So, and I've always talked about it before, being a leader on the team. Uh, it doesn't matter if I get one interception, zero interceptions, as long as we're winning and uh, producing and stuff like that. And I can care less. And like I said, we won the AFC South. So I'm very happy with those things. But I'm always hungry for more. Uh, I talked about it in my India press conference. I want to be able to lead a team in tackles, interceptions, uh, forced fumbles, all those great stats. But at the end of the day, you know, it's all about team success for me. All right, KB. You mentioned a bunch of things that um, you have been accolades that you have achieved in your career with so many exceptional moments. What are you the most proudest of? Most proud moments. Um, you know, I have had some good moments. I kind of talked about my second year in the league. Um, I caught an interception against Blake Bortles and it got us into the, you know, my first playoff berth. Uh, it was at home. It was a really fun moment. And I also remember picking off um, Lamar Jackson uh, two years ago in the playoffs. That was probably one of my most proudest moments. I mean, that game was electric. Uh, obviously, Lamar Jackson was the MVP that year. And to get the interception at that point in time in the game, it kind of sparked our rally. We was able to kind of blow those guys out. I mean, but obviously, you know, they got the better of us this year. But that's probably one of my most proudest moments. I actually have a picture of, you know, that is going to go with my man cave. So it's, it's pretty exciting, like I said, to pick off the MVP that year. It was pretty cool. Now, we're talking about clinching playoff berths here. How hype was the locker room after the week 17 game against the Texans? Y'all just had just clinched the AFC South and Derrick Henry hit 2000 yards. It must've been wild. Listen, I'm not even gonna lie. That game right there, sit obviously sitting on the sidelines, knowing that, you know, we only had a few, few seconds, I think like less than a minute to actually try to go get in field goal range. And AJ caught that pass. And we got in the field goal range. Like, I'm literally – I almost caught an ulcer just sitting on the sideline. Like, I'm sitting there praying. I didn't even want to watch the kick because, like I said, it was just really a nerve-wracking moment. And then, you know, to hear the doink and it went in, I mean, that was just 
like you really can't duplicate those type of feelings and emotions, you know, outside of football. Yeah, I would really wish that everybody in the world can actually experience, you know, how it feels to be out there. But like you said, in the locker room, man, it was incredible. Like you said, I witnessed history, watched Derrick in 2000. I was so happy for him, so happy for the guys. And like I said, man, just to feel in the locker room. I mean, obviously, once we finally ran in, everybody's jumping around. You know, Darren Bates got his music blasting in the locker room. It was a pretty cool experience. I want to ask you, where were you on the sidelines and what could you see during the Sam Sloman field goal? When did you know it was good? So, like I said, I was sitting on the bench, right? And uh, so usually where the defensive back sits, where's me, Kevin Baccaro, DB coach, we're actually just like kind of huddled up in a, in a little area. And at first, I'm like, when I obviously we got in field goal range, you know, I'm putting my head down. I'm literally praying. I'm like, please, God, let Sam Sloman hit this field goal. And um, so the first time he kicked it, they called timeout and he made the kick. So a lot of times, you know, when those type of things have he made the kick, I'm like, man, does he have it again? Make it again. And so when he kicks the ball again, obviously you see that the ball's kind of driven towards the, the field goal post. And it went doink, and I thought he missed it. Honestly, I did. So my eyes went directly down to the refs to see, because I didn't really have an angle to be right behind the ball to know if it went in or not. So I was kind of shot. I was scared. And then I finally seen the refs put their hands up. Man, I didn't even have the energy. I was so, like, stressed. I didn't have the energy to actually just run on the field and meet everybody on the field. Man, I was just so happy that we made the field goal. I was drained at that point. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> that was a great Titans moment. By the way, great moment right now for David Abbey. You're our first prize winner today. Amy Wells will be giving away three prizes, and David has won the first one. Congratulations. All right. Kevin Byard, I've gotten about 30 questions similar to this, so we're just going to put it all out on the table right now. Who are you cheering for in the Super Bowl? Who am I cheering for in the Super Bowl? <sighs> so, like, I mean, obviously, since I've been in the league, I've always watched all the Super Bowls, uh, never actually went to it to the Super Bowl game, even though you know, we're allowed to buy the tickets. Um, I can't necessarily sound room for anybody. I have a couple guys that went to MTSU, played for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Ward number 35 and a linebacker. So I'm obviously I'm rooting for those guys. Uh, honestly, I just want to see a really good game. I mean, to think that, you know, Mahomes against Brady, you know, the GOAT against probably the, the future GOAT, uh, is going to be an incredible game, incredible matchup. I'm really just hoping for a good game. I wouldn't say I'm hoping for a high scoring game because I usually like to watch good defenses, but I'm hoping it comes down at the end, fourth quarter. Whoever quarterback has the last, you know, the, the ball, the last to, you know, to drive it to win the game. That's what I'm hoping for, honestly, because I like I said, I want to be in the edge of my seat watching a really good game. Now, the NFL community is a pretty small community. You play with a lot of different people who move on to other teams, obviously. Has that impacted the way that you watch games, knowing that, you know, guys on both teams and having personal relationships with people? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I watch. I mean, I'm, I'm a guy who watched a lot of film throughout the week anyway, so I'm always watching film on my guys, seeing what they're doing throughout the league. Uh, I, everybody knows I'm really uh, – me and Logan Ryan are really good friends. Obviously, he left the Titans this year. So I watched all his games. We text and talked about different stuff throughout the year. Uh, we made a couple of little friendly bets about who's going to finish the year with these stats and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. Honestly, like you said, to be in the league, I'm, it's actually kind of crazy to me to actually just finish my fifth year. But to actually go into games and now knowing a lot of guys around the league and we're talking and, you know, chit-chatting before the game. I remember when I was a rookie and I used to watch guys before pregame and talking to other guys. Like, what are you talking to him for? Like, you about to get ready to play these guys. But now I kind of understand now because you have so many friends around the league. It's, it's definitely different. Who's the most difficult player you've gone up against in the NFL? The most difficult? <clears throat> um, I mean, I would have to say Patrick Mahomes. Uh, 
And not just because that's the easiest answer, but I mean, this guy, I mean, he's the best quarterback in the league right now. I mean, what he, what he can do on the field as far as, you know, he's pretty much out there playing backyard football. I mean, the guy can make any throw uh, on the field. He's really hard to game play. Then obviously, you know, Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs, they have a great offense. I mean, I can really name everybody in their offense, honestly, from Tyreek Hill to Travis Kelsey, all those are hard to defend. But when you have a, board, a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes who can run that offense the way he does, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of times it seems like they're unbeatable. You fought Kelsey hard in the past. What's the difficulty in defending him, and why is he just so tough? Yeah, I mean, for one, I think he's just a really savvy route runner. I think he's not only he's a good route runner, good football player, he's really smart. So, I mean, he knows – I think he knows just as many coverages and defense just like a quarterback. So he's always able to find his way, you know, into open holes and whether you're playing zone. He's a really good route runner against man. He knows how to attack leverages, different things like that. Uh, I mean, he's pretty much a receiver in the tight end's body. I mean, but like I said, he's so good and savvy – with his route craft, man, he can beat cornerbacks. Because, I mean, a lot of teams try to put cornerbacks on him to try to match up with his speed, and he still gets open. So, I mean, he's a really good player, uh, probably the best tight end in our league right now. KB, how do you spend your time in the offseason? What do you do to prepare for the upcoming season, but also to relax a little bit? Yeah, I mean, so obviously it's changed over the years. Obviously, I'm a father of two now. So, I mean, the beginning of the offseason, I'm spending time with the kids, uh, not really doing too much, taking, taking my daughter to the park, uh, just having those type of, you know, interactions, having fun with her. Uh, but, yeah, I usually take the beginning of the offseason, maybe the first month, first four or five weeks, just kind of relax, wind down, uh, catch up on some TV shows, stuff like that. Don't really do too much. Uh, haven't been able to do any type of vacations or nothing like that yet. Hopefully I'll be able to do some of that in the future. Uh, but usually, you know, February, middle of February, March, you know, I start working my way back to working out. Uh, everybody knows I train with my guy Jason Spray down in Murfreesboro, so I'll be getting with him uh, soon in the future. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, man, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really go, I don't do too much in the off season. Like I said, I'm, I'm really dedicated to you know my craft and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm itching around this time. Actually, right now, I'm itching to start training again. But you know, me being going into my sixth year, I kind of understand that you know you got to take it easy, take it slow, and uh, work your way into it. What is Kevin Byard binging right now? Like, what TV shows are you into? So actually, I'm really watching this show called Yellowstone. I don't know if anybody watched it before, but it is a really good show. Honestly, listen, I just started watching the show last night and I'm probably on, you know, season two, episode three. So I've watched a lot of episodes already. It's like a really good binge watching show. I would recommend that to anybody that really loves, that really loves good television. <laughs> Amy Wells, who got you into Yellowstone? Mike Keith got me into Yellowstone. It's his favorite show. John Dutton's good, man. I've been missing out. Vrabel, Vrabel tried to put me on the show. Uh, I think this is probably around the beginning of season. Training camp, he was talking about Yellowstone, and I, you know, it took me forever to start watching it. But I'm glad I'm watching it now. I could just binge, binge through it. I, can, I ain't got no interruptions. Now, you mentioned that you do some training in Murfreesboro, and obviously you went to MTSU. You're from around here or have spent a lot of time around here. What was it like being drafted to the NFL team that was in the area you went to college? I mean, it was a dream come true, honestly. Uh, obviously, in my draft class, you know, we had guys like Tajay Sharp who got drafted from, all the way from UMass, had to come to Nashville. And, you know, they was asking me about, you know, places to go and stuff like that. So just being able to not really have to adjust uh, as far as where I'm at, trying to figure out where to go and where to live and stuff like that. I was already had to lay of the land and obviously, uh, my my fan base, my fan base was always here. Uh, so it's like I said, it's been a blessing uh, to come into the situation uh, to be able to you know play in front of like you said where I went to college. Um, it's crazy because I go around anywhere 
out here in, in Nashville, if I'm at a grocery store or whatever, and, you know, I meet somebody who went to MTSU, and I'm an MTSU grad. So, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of like I'm, I'm in a special fraternity, honestly. Now, you, you said guys are asking you where you eat. Do you have a favorite hot chicken joint in Nashville? Favorite hot chicken? I like Princess. Uh, I actually have a Hattie B's not too far from my house. Uh, hot chicken is pretty good. I actually, I'm, I'm really more of a wings guy. Obviously, being uh, with the high school down in Atlanta, I like hot wings, uh, the small little hot wings. But I, I enjoy hot chicken every now and then. I try not to eat too much of it, but I do enjoy it every now and again. Has anyone broken your MTSU interception record? I mean, I'm, I'm hope. I wouldn't say I hope, but I'm sure that that record will last for a little long time. Uh, I know some guys that's getting close to it. I know a guy now uh, that's down there right now, Blankenship. He's a really good safety. Uh, I think he's come back for his senior year, so hopefully he gets a ton of interceptions. He has the opportunity to break it. You know, records are meant to be broken. You know, I'm just happy to kind of set that standard. Uh, we've had a, a few good safeties since I've been there. Uh, Javante Moffin, who's with the Browns right now. Uh, just happy to be, you know, example for those guys. And, you know, hopefully somebody breaks it sooner or later. Let me ask you about the process leading up to the draft right now. What do you wish that you had known when you were going through it, like February, March, April into the draft, what do you wish you'd have known in 2016 that you could tell somebody now who's going into the 2021 draft? Mm, that's pretty, that's a good question. Um, I would say that, you know, no matter, you know, obviously I didn't get invited to the combine and I was really upset about that at the time. Uh, but one thing I didn't let it do, I didn't let it get me discouraged. Uh, you know, I know a lot of guys tend to do a lot of combine training leading up to it. Um, I would tell guys that, you know, you're going to run 140 and you're never going to have to run a 40 yard dash again. You know, really focus on your craft, focus on being a football player, focus on getting ready for training camp. Uh, that's probably, I think that's the biggest thing because obviously, you know, everybody wants to run, have good numbers, good 40s, all that good stuff for the pro day. But forget about the football aspect and make sure that you're coming back, you know, in tip top shape because, you know, once it's time, you know, for your cleats to hit, to hit the turf, you know, it's, it's all about trying to go out there and make an impression and try to go out there and win, help teams win ball games. So uh, that's probably something that I would stress to all the guys that's coming to the draft process. And also, you know, it really doesn't matter when you get drafted. You know, right if you're first round, second round, third round, no round, it's all about what you do when you get there. You know, we've had some guys since I've been here uh, make a really good impression being undrafted rookies and get a lot of good playing time and uh, have successful careers. So. You know, I don't think, you know, if you're drafting the first round, if you're getting drafted in the eighth round, uh, it's all about what you do when you get there. You were hard on yourself after the season. You've always been a player who's been self-critical. Why were you so hard on yourself? Uh, I, I think that's just, it, it's just in me. I'm, I'm, I'm real hard. I, I feel like that nobody can be harder on you than you can be on yourself. You know, I don't really, I don't really get caught up in what, you know, people may say on social media or anything like that. I'm really... Like I watch more film than a lot of people and I watch film myself and I'm always highly critical. Even if I have a good game, I still talk about things I could have did better. Uh, so I'm always going to be critical of myself. And that's just me being a leader on the team. Uh, I'm always going to try to hold myself accountable first uh, because I can't look at anybody else and say, hey, you need to do a job without me saying it to myself. So um, man, that's just who I am. That's who I'll always continue to be until I'm done playing. I'm always going to be hard on myself. Uh, I'll never let anybody else uh, tell me what I don't. Because I feel like before somebody tell me what I need to do better, I'm already thinking to myself. So, and that's always going to continue to allow me to have this chip uh, coming into every single year, uh, trying to be the best player that I can be. Who 
are some of the coaches who have maybe influenced you in your career? Oh, man, um, a lot. Um, I mean, obviously, Coach Stock down at MTSU. Uh, I have a safeties coach that I coached me in high school. I mean, not in high school, at MTSU as well, Coach David Bobby. But I still talk to him on the weekly. I mean, he takes me at the every game, before every game, uh, just talking about different things, giving me some really good words of encouragement. Uh, I had some really good high school coaches, Coach Jarvis, Coach Carson, uh, who honestly, at that time in my life, uh, being in the high school, just moving down to Atlanta, Philadelphia, uh, I really needed some, not necessarily a disciplinarian, but I really needed a role model that was going to help me really understand uh, the talents that I had and help me really, and really push me forward, push me to that next level. And they did a great job of that. And I think that was kind of, you know, the foundation that took me, you know, from college to NFL, uh, always striving for more, uh, never settling, never, never being satisfied, uh, just trying to dominate everything that I can. What advice do you have for kids who may be looking up to you right now and are playing football and want to make it to the NFL someday? What advice do you have for them? Um, you know, the work comes first. You know, I think in society right now, um, it's a lot of what I would say, instant gratification. Uh, I mean, from I mean, I think social media kind of created that. But everybody wants to be, you know, gets instant success, overnight success. And, you know, for. 99.9% of us, you know, that usually doesn't happen. You know, it, it's a long road to success uh, for all three of us on here. You know, we all had to go through a lot to get to where we're at right now. And we're all striving for more. So I will always tell anybody, um, obviously, that's looking up to me, to keep working hard. Uh, for most people that I know, that I grew up around, you know, they feel like, you know, I'm on top of the world right now. Uh, but from my from my uh, point of view, you know, I'm only halfway there. I have so much to, to accomplish. Uh, so much more to gain. So, you know, always stay working and, and you know, stay humble uh, when you do get some type of success. Um, but yeah, just, you know, the work comes first. Remind everybody that Amy is taking your questions via the, the chat. You're able to fire them in there and she is uh, taking them and giving them to Kevin. Uh, we're excited to be talking to Kevin Byard today. All the United Way stakeholders who came through in December and came through throughout 2020. Very proud to have our man of the year here, uh, giving his time to give you some special insight. So I love these questions that are just a little different. And I'm going to throw one at you before Amy goes again. Let's do it. What's it like playing for Mike Vrabel? <laughs> What's it like playing for Mike Vrabel? Honestly, Mike, man, he's a really great coach. Uh, obviously, you know, for most people that see him from the outside in, they just think he's just this tough guy guy that you know you're kind of scared of and stuff like that I mean he's a really good coach he's a really good players coach I mean he conversates with everybody you know asking about my family uh talk about my kids and stuff like that he's a great guy I mean when it comes to football I mean I think I've learned so much about football not just the game of football as far as defense I learned more about the rules everything just by being around him I mean he's so knowledgeable in the game uh he, he's really really just a great coach honestly all around so what would be the thing that would probably surprise the people watching us today most about Mike Vrabel that they don't know. Hmm. Let me think about that one. Um, what will surprise you most? Because uh, we seem and we think one thing. What's right. about him that the players and the coaches know that the public doesn't know? Hmm. It, it's it's kind of hard because it's like Vrabel is one of those kind of guys, you know, you kind of, you get what you see, you know what I'm saying? You get what you pay for. Uh, I mean, like you said, from usually the stuff that you do see on the sidelines, kind of like that, you know, 24 seven, 
Uh, but at the end of the day, man, he, he has a really kind heart. Uh, he's a really cool dude. Um, you know, hopefully I'll be able to start playing some golf with him sooner or later uh, here at the country club or whatever. But, I mean, he's, he's, a he's a really good dude, though. There were two things that I thought you might say. Okay. Big heart is something people right. don't know about. He's kind of a softy, really, in a lot of ways. And you don't <laughs> see The other thing, too, and Amy can chime in on this, unbelievable sense of humor. He does. You're right. You're right about that. I mean, it, but it's funny because sometimes, you know, he'll say a couple of jokes during team meetings and they won't catch. And then he'll try to joke back on us because we didn't laugh at his jokes or whatever. It's kind of funny. Uh, but like <laughs> you said, he does have a big heart. Uh, he's always trying to crack jokes and stuff like that. And he is one of those guys where, you know, if you crack a joke with him, you try to crack a joke on him, he's going to come back 10 times harder. So if you're going to crack a joke oh. with Mike Brady, you better make sure you break some ammo because, oh. you know, he doesn't stop, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, he's a he's definitely a jokester. I appreciate watching him give Mike Keith a hard time from time uh, to time. He usually gives all of us a hard time. <laughs> but when it's safe in a good way, in a good way. In a good way. <laughs> KB, do you have a player who is a current NFL player that you enjoy watching? Um, I mean, I enjoy watching Tyron Matthews. Obviously, he's getting ready for the Super Bowl right now. Uh, I mean, most of us that's playing right now kind of grew up watching him, you know, LSU, doing his thing in college. Uh, I really enjoy the way he plays, you know, how he leads his team, leads his guys out there. Uh, you know, I think, you know, once it's all said and done, uh, you know, I think he'll be a Hall of Fame caliber player just by, you know, the impact that he's had on his team. You know, he's probably going to go off to win, you know, a couple more Super Bowls being there with the Chiefs. Uh, so, now nah, I really enjoy watching him. I love watching him on film. It's the way he plays. I want you to take that a step further because, I mean, here's a guy, he's 5'9", 190 pounds. I've, I've always wondered, is he a corner? Is he a safety? Is he – I don't really know what he does specifically in terms of that position, that scheme thing. Right. He's so good. What makes him so special? You know, I think he's one of those positionless players. You know, you have certain guys on teams like – for example, like Jamal Adams, like a lot of guys, like, is he a safety? Is he a pass rusher? You know, he's one of those guys that you just put him out there and he's going to make plays. And that's one thing that I really respect out of time. Just like you said, he's a small guy. He's not big, but, I mean, he has a really good heart as far as, you know, he's not going to let anybody punk him down. He's fearless out there. Uh, like I said, I really enjoy how he plays. And you can just tell if you ever hear him being mic'd up in a game. I mean, just the, the level of energy and passion that he plays with uh, is pretty impressive. Kevin Byard, who was your role model growing up? My role model? Um, I mean, obviously my mom, uh, the, the, watching her work as hard as she could uh, to give us everything that she could uh, was definitely a role model for me. Uh, I definitely learned how to work hard because of her and from her. Uh, it's funny because even like sitting around the house and stuff like that, when I was a young, when I was younger, uh, I was doing a lot of around the house chores when I was really, really young. And so now I'll be sitting around the house. I'm like cleaning bathtubs and stuff like that. Uh, just like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not one of those type of guys. I'm just really, I get into dirty work. Like I could do anything around the house that I need to do. Uh, I'm really a hands-on guy. Uh, but at the end of the day, she's such she's a down to earth person. Uh, obviously I love her to death. I'm probably going to go down there in about uh, two weeks to go celebrate her 50th birthday. So it's a big milestone for her. Uh, we're going to throw a big party. It's going to be pretty exciting. You're so involved in the community in Nashville, and we see you in a lot of different ways. Um, who was kind of your mentor or example to show you the importance of getting involved in the community? Um, as far as being, it, obviously with the Titans, uh, Jarrell Casey was a guy who I really looked up to. 
uh, and Wesley Woodard as well. I mean, both of those guys are true vets, especially Wesley. I mean, Wesley was, was a real uh, good mentor for me. Uh, he kind of probably was one of the better, or if not the best teammate I've ever been around. Um, just watching how he carried himself. Uh, he's a really good family man, such as Jarrell. Uh, ben Jones as well. Ben Jones really gets in the community as well. Uh, I mean, a lot of guys. I mean, that's something that when I got into this league, uh, I wanted to emulate and, you know, kind of watch the older guys and how they carried themselves and things that they did uh, and kind of wanted to put that into myself and mold, mold me as well. So, yeah, those are two guys I definitely looked to for sure. Kevin, talk to me about some of the young Titans that you're excited to see more of in 2021. I mean, I'm excited to see Christian Fulton. I'm excited to continue to watch him, you know, develop as a player. Uh, you know, obviously most of the rookies from last year, not just only on our team, but just around the league, uh, was kind of slowed down a little bit. You obviously had a couple of stars that, you know, kind of robbed this year, but, you know, not having the OTAs um, and all that stuff and kind of actually getting thrown into the fire, going straight into training camp, that's kind of difficult for, you know, to ask on most rookies. Uh, I mean, we obviously did the virtual deal, but not being at, be able to be out there on the field, kind of slow slow down progress for some of those guys. And obviously Christian, he had a hamstring injury that kind of kept him out of most of training camp. Uh, came back, was kind of, you know, was kind of doing his thing a little bit. Then guy had the knee injury, was out for a while. So I'm really excited to see him with a full offseason to be able to rehab and get all of that stuff situated uh, to see how he comes back next year. And I think he's going to come back strong. I think he's going to come back and have a great season. Uh, he has a really good attitude. He's a smart player, really talented. So I'm excited to see how he does this year. KB, you've had so many great moments at Nissan Stadium. Throughout your career as a Titan, what is your top Nissan Stadium moment? Top Nissan Stadium moment. Um, it's a lot. Uh, I talked about the interception I had my second year. My third year, I remember we beat the uh, Philadelphia Eagles in overtime. Corey Davis caught the touchdown. Uh, that was incredible. Um, 2019, we had a goal line stop against the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, that was incredible. Um, a lot of great moments at Nissan, honestly. Um, those would probably be the top three. Cause like I said, I mean, I've had some, some individual accolades, but sometimes when you're sitting on the sideline, you get the matter of fact, watching Derrick Henry just this past season against the Houston Texans run almost 90 some yards again, and then scored a touchdown in overtime. I mean, be, cause sometimes when you're on the field, it's exciting, but being on the sideline and obviously get to watch everything play out. Do you just see the crowd just erupts and goes crazy and fireworks goes off? Uh, it, it's pretty special. Like I said, I've been a part of a lot of special moments in Nissan, uh, and that was just a few of them. Derek was in your draft class, and yeah. he's obviously been on an arrow up almost since he got here. Why do you think he has improved the way that he has to become the elite runner in the NFL? You know, obviously Derek has always had crazy talent. I don't think he's ever had a lack for that. I mean, the guy was – I mean, you see his middle school pictures. I mean, it doesn't even look fair. It looks like it's supposed, <laughs> supposed to look at his birth certificate or something like that. But, uh, I mean, obviously, he won the Heisman. We got drafted together. And, I mean, we all know that when we first got drafted, DeMarco Murray was our lead back. I mean, DeMarco Murray was a Pro Bowl guy, a really yeah. great running back. And, you know, he had to stay patient. And uh, once he finally got his opportunity to be the full lead back, and I think it kind of started, uh, I think that was 2018, you know, that last month in December, where he just went on a tear. I mean, I don't think we went to the playoffs that year, but, I mean, he went, he went crazy. That's what I would say. He went crazy in December. He started being known for, you know, November, December back. But I was really proud to see this year that, I mean, he took it from, you know, September all the way through uh, throughout the playoffs to be able to really be a dominant runner throughout this league. 
I'm happy for all the success that he's having. Uh, I think he's going to continue to have success. Um, and if he keeps running like this, man, he's going to run himself right into the Hall of Fame. And I'm definitely excited to see that happen. Yeah, Peter King actually talked about that today, that he thinks Derek is on that track right now. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Amy, I want to ask you, do we have our second winner? Our second winner is Stephanie Salmon. So, Hi, Stephanie. Congrats, Stephanie. Hey, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's absolutely fantastic. Hey, let me ask you about another of your teammates. What's it like covering A.J. Brown in practice? A.J. Brown's a dog. Um, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's one, that's one thing I'll just put it. He's a dog, man. I mean, like I said, it's certain special things that you get from being on the sideline, watching stuff happen on, on, on the sidelines. When he was playing the Buffalo Ravens this year, and he caught that slant and broke like, I don't know how many tackles he broke, but he broke a lot of tackles and dragged everybody into the end zone. I mean, he's just a special player. I just even remember, I think it was his rookie year. So, you know, me and the DBs, me, Logan, Kenny, all of us, we're usually out in the field 15 minutes before practice doing our little warm-up deal. You know, AJ comes out on the practice field. He's like, you know, I'm around one of y'all up today. You know, he's coming out here talking trash. I mean, these guys are rookie. You know what I'm saying? So, obviously, you know, we getting on his head. We getting on him or whatever. But, uh. To watch his improvement from, you know, rookie year to now, I mean, this guy, I mean, if you get, all you got to do is get the ball in his hands and I think he'll do the rest. I mean, going up against him in practice is pretty impressive. Obviously, he's dealt with some injuries and stuff like that this year, so he wasn't able to practice every single week. Um, but like I said, I mean, he, he, he's, he's a dog. That's, that's the only way I can really uh, explain it. Some, some guys have it, some guys don't. He definitely has it. There's a lot of uncertainty about what this offseason is going to look like. The commissioner... Uh, discuss that today. We we don't know what the organized team activities are going to look like. We don't know about mini camps. We there's just a lot we don't know. How two part question. One, how much will it help you to go into this offseason, handle the unknown because you had to do it last year? And number two, how much do you hope there's at least some organized program, even if it's a scaled down version? Yeah, I mean, for the first question, I mean, honestly, I'm anticipating our offseason to look similar, if not exactly, you know, how it was last year, honestly. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a lot of unknown still, which, you know, we all don't really like, but, I mean, it is what it is. Um, but I would definitely anticipate us to go on virtual first, and then maybe, you know, as the year goes on, we may be able to come back together as a team and get organized. Um, but I think with last year, something I learned from last year, especially going to this year, that I'm going to try to do my best as a leader um, to try to get the guys together. Obviously, um, hopefully COVID is, is slowed down as much as probably get these vaccines out and stuff like that. But I want to be able to try to get the guys together. Obviously, who knows what the rules are going to be. I don't know if they're going to set any rules or anything like that, so I don't want to break any rules. But, you know, if it's possible, I want to get the DBs together, the linebackers or whoever, you know, bring some guys in town uh, during a certain couple of dates and have our own little OTAs, you know. And right if it's, you know, during OTAs, I mean, during the – the virtual period or whatever, I want to be able to get the guys together, man. Because, I mean, obviously, I know the defense, uh, be able to, you know, work over some different kicks and stuff like that, uh, and just be able to get together as a group. Uh, I think that's very important. I think that's something that we missed a lot last year, uh, being able to get together uh, with each other, you know, outside the building. Uh, but I think in the game of football, that's very important, having a brotherhood uh, outside of, like I said, outside the building. Now, I know we're, we're starting to wrap up a little bit, so I want to get to as many of these questions as we can. If you weren't playing football, what job would you like to have? Ooh. Ooh. If I wasn't playing football. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, when I was younger, I always wanted to be a lawyer. 
um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to stare and say I don't know why, because my mom always said I was really argumentative and <laughs> she felt like I always felt like I can win every single argument. My wife even said the same thing. So uh, I probably would be a lawyer and I probably would win a lot of cases, honestly, because I'm always I'm going to state a good case uh, versus anything. So even if I'm dead wrong. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Got to keep that chip on your shoulder. OK, there's one more I want to get in really fast because I think it's such a funny question. Who is the one teammate you would put money on in a UFC fight? Ooh. In a UFC fight. Think it over. Don't rush this. Oh, let me I know think who I'd say. A UFC fight. Hmm. Who would you say, Mike? Let me, let me, let me, let me hear what you're going to say first. Who would you say? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. That's easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like UFC is one of those sports where – you know, a lot of times size doesn't matter, man. Well, you got true. guys that are throwing kicks and guys in no martial arts. Um, well, Darren Bates I mean, I would, would be the other one. That's my pick, Darren Bates. You say who? Darren Bates. Yeah, Darren Bates would be pretty good. I was going to say um, probably either Derek, maybe AJ. Um, Darren Bates is a good choice. Uh, shoot. I think Roger Saffo might win in, in, in any type of fight. Honestly, I'm probably going to pick Roger. I mean, if you guys haven't seen that man, I, oh. I, in a wrestling match, he might beat Derek, honestly. That guy's huge. The thing about Roger that's crazy is what an athlete he is for that stuff. <laughs> exactly. The only guy that I've ever seen with that sort of size, Bruce Matthews, the Hall of Famer. Right. That kind of athlete, too. But Roger's bigger, and I think Roger's a better athlete. I mean, you just don't. You just don't find. I mean, Jeff Simmons is another one who has that for sure. Uh, that size and the and a different sort of athleticism, but people don't realize that about Saf. I mean, guys are built different, man. He's definitely built different. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe you got us a third winner. I have a third winner. It is Rod Headley. Rod Headley, congratulations! You are a final winner. All right, so I've got a final question as we get ready to wrap up. And my final question is this. A lot of NFL players spend their offseason not only trying to get in shape and to improve, but to improve in one certain area. Like they'll say flexibility or, you know, leg strength or whatever. Do you go into an offseason like that? And if so, what is that for Kevin Byard in this offseason? Yeah, I mean, in the offseason, I think it's a really good time to work on your weaknesses. Um, and every offseason, I try to go into, you know, each offseason working on my weaknesses. Uh, but, you know, I try to work on, you know, everything. Just be well-rounded. I mean, you, you stated some stuff, some flexibility. Uh, actually, starting next week, I'm going to start doing my Pilates, uh, yoga. I haven't done a lot of yoga in the past couple of years. I did it a lot my first year or two in the league. Haven't done the past two years. I'm going to start doing my yoga again. Um, doing a lot of rehab, uh, ART work, getting massages. I think especially around this time of the year, you know, guys that have some lingering issues or lingering injuries, and I don't want to bring it to next year. So I'm going to make sure I nip all that stuff in the bud. Um, but, yeah, I think working on flexibility, I mean, get, I think getting in shape, uh, I wouldn't say it's easy or nothing like that, but, I mean, as a safety, as a safety position, I, mean, I run all day anyway. So um, I'm just going to run. I think as long as you run, you'll get in shape pretty fast. So that's something I'm going to run a lot. Uh, but as a football player, I want to continue to work on my footwork, uh, work on my strength, um, and working on my mental, honestly. Last year, I did this cool thing. 
don't know if guys have heard of the Oculus headset, the virtual little headset deal that's out right now. Uh, it's called Neurotrainer. I have this company that has Neurotrainer where you, know, you kind of work on uh, like quick reaction. Um, it's all type of different. It's pretty cool. I don't know if guys can check it out, but it's called Neurotrainer. Uh, and I think it really helped me out last year. Um, so I'm gonna, gonna do some more of that this year. So I just try to work on everything. Man. When it comes to your healthcare coverage, you should be the one to make the call. So call Farm Bureau Health Plans. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Amy Wells, that was a fun event for the United Way of Greater Nashville with Kevin Byard. A resolute, very determined Kevin Byard who wants to have a better 2021 than he had in 2020. I think uh, most people say that, right? Yeah, well, that's what a lot of people say. And I believe that he's going to do that. We know he's a hard worker. We know that he's going to spend this offseason really getting to it. So I'm excited for 2021. And it was great to talk to Kevin. Let's again thank the United Way of Greater Nashville for letting us share this conversation with you, the OT people. And please support the United Way of Greater Nashville and all of the good things that they do in this community. They truly make a big difference. And that's why the NFL supports the United Way. And that's why the Titans are as supportive as they are. As we know the difference that they make. So for Kevin Byard, for Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith, thanking you for listening to the OTP. Where the legends go, everybody knows it's our house. Fighting for Tennessee, making history. Greatness is meant to be ours now. Hey, we got Titan blood running through our veins.